just been, I've just been away, and Kim and one or two others have been away in Leicester for a few days, just gathering with some people from across uh, the UK mainly, but some other nations of Europe, um, and I uh, had a you know, chance of meeting with some of the uh, leaders from across the UK and Europe, um, particularly on Thursday, and we're just going around sharing what God's doing with us and the challenges that we face. And um, when it came around to, to my turn, I said, well, I'm, it's almost embarrassing, um, but I'm not embarrassed. Um, because our, our, the challenges that we face are really coping with uh, the abundance of God. Um, <laughs> it's quite a great place to be. And, and being overwhelmingly joyous, that's a good, good fun challenge to have. Now, some of you might say, well, I've got challenges in my life. I know, but we, we, we're talking corporately here. We actually do live in an extraordinary time. At Eastgate. And I just wanted to celebrate you know, what God has done amongst us in the last few years of... We look back, it's three years since actually we, we actually got possession of this building and what God has done in those three years is simply remarkable. Um, some of you have been here for that journey, some of you joined us uh, on that journey since December 2013, but it's worth just thinking and thinking, man, isn't he an amazing God? And has he done more than we'd asked or imagined? And I look around, I can look around and, and some of you actually in 2016, God has really surprised you. Hasn't he? I'm looking at somebody in particular over there thinking, how did I get to be here, you know, in this position with this influence and this, and, and um, so, and what I wanted to know is that as, as I was sharing this, how much that was inspiring other people to, to believe for the, the goodness of God and the abundance of God. And, you know, it says, it says quite clearly, if you seek first the kingdom of God, what happens? Everything gets added to you. And, and that, that's, the, I think that's one of the keys in, Early 2009, we were challenged. Uh, God challenged us as to whether we really were people who would seek first the kingdom or build first the church. And we realized that we really, primarily, we were build, building first our church. And we had to swap that round and now uh, to be those who seek the kingdom. Um, and we sought the kingdom because we wanted the kingdom, not because we were wanting all the additions that come. But actually, all the additions that come with it are God's goodness. And we're living in that. And... Um, you can literally see. You know, I, say, I tell people um, there is a city being built around us. And I, I know we get used to it, but that, that is, it is. There, there, there's your harvest field is coming to you. These, these people will be choosing to look in on our worship. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the consequence of buying one of those houses. It's, but they know, but they're, well, they're informed in advance. They know. It's right, it's not, don't you think that is amazing? <laughs> Just think, I don't know many other places where that's happening. And they can look right through us because we're transparent. And on that bit over land, that land over there, they'll see a school building being built. <laughs> that, that, that. You know, they're the battles we've had to get to this place. But you don't battle to stay in battle. You battle for victory, to win the victory and live in, live in, in, in the victory of what Jesus has given us. And then, then <clears throat> Jesus didn't die on the cross just so that, so that we could get out of our battles. He, he died to give us life in all its fullness and abundance. And so when you start to live in that, you think, oh, goodness, oh, this is what he really meant. And God told us very clearly at uh, over nine times we had the same prophetic word that we were to be forerunners. Um, and so we, we've run ahead and to encourage us. That doesn't, not to make us proud, but to actually understand our purpose. And 
And you get this far and you think, well, what's next? Well, more than you'd ask or imagine. And we're going to talk around some of that. I want to talk, I'm going to be talking, um, obviously, today, and then a couple of weeks' time on a Sunday morning. And over the course of those two, two sermons, I want to try and help us understand what we're trying to build, why we're trying to build it. Uh, who's going to build it? And I'm hoping you're up for it. Um, because, and then, and sometimes when we say, well, what are we going to build? Actually, we don't honestly know fully yet. Because God's going to keep on surprising us with things because he wants to give us more than we'd ask or imagine. So when you step out and you think you've got as far as he's likely to take you, he said, no, there's more. And it's always a mistake to, to limit the, 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 the purposes and activity of God to our, to our current ideas. Now, we have to be faithful with our current ideas. Yeah? And I wanted to uh, say personally, and I believe it's on behalf of the, the directors of Eastgate, thank you for being faithful in playing your part in what Eastgate is. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And there are many, many, many people who play a role in Eastgate that goes unseen, unheralded, and stuff like that. But what you want to know is you are building something great. And um, <clears throat> during the worship, I was just reminded of a um, passage in Nehemiah. Um, Nehemiah 6 is verse 3. And... Uh, Nehemiah's the book in the Old Testament where he goes back to build the city walls of Jerusalem which have been destroyed. And, and, and the enemies who come and try and distract him and he says, <clears throat> why should I come down and stop because we are about a great work. And there are many things that will try and distract us from um, what we're about. Um, and we need to be focused. And uh, I was going to say this, the two, two, two words that have come to me as I've been thinking about this and praying this lot but, you know, if we want to build something great it's going to take sacrifice but you it, when you sacrifice for something you love it's a delight not a duty a sacrifice should be out of love and delight you know it's like Dave Webster talked about you know the World Cup winning team in 1966 now if you were called to be part of that team the sacrifice you would have made to be on it would not have been oh I've got to be part of the team no, wow, I'm part of the team. And we won the World Cup. So, so we're on a team together. And one of the things I want to say, this is very um, multicultural and multi-generational team. So you guys at the back, right? Pay attention, you're included, all right? Okay, so I'm going to get your attention. Look this way, because this is for you, okay? We're building something for you to live in. And then you've got, a, you've got a responsibility to take it on and build it for the next generation to live in, okay? So, so, so eyes this way and keep, keep, keep engaged because we're about building something phenomenal, which is a multi-generational, multicultural, multi-everything church <coughs> that will change nations. How's that? You in? Steph's, Steph's in. Steph's in. Cause she knows what it is because, isn't it great? Steph, you know, did last year she, she ran the supernatural school for the 5 to 11 year olds. Why? Because she's investing in lives because she knows what's going to happen with those lives. Yeah? And uh, one of my, one of my favourite dreams from uh, last Sunday was I was looking at, and it was, I think it was, I think I know who it was, but I, um, I think it was probably some young lad who was about seven. And this was a dream he wrote down. He said, um, no cues at the doctor's surgery because they're all coming to Eastgate to get healed. <laughs> there's a dream that's a seven year old 
we have a duty to enable those dreams to come true. Yeah? So, over the back there, what are your dreams? Life's dreams. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. <clears throat> so, we're going to look at Ephesians 1, 2, and 4. Chapters 1, 2, and 4. I'm going to highlight some stuff. I'm not going to get through it all. I've got no chance of getting through it all this morning, but thankfully I've got uh, another sermon in two weeks to build on it. But I wanted to start with a, with, um, a phrase that I threw out uh, a few weeks ago, which says that, um, by faith Noah built an ark. By faith Noah built an ark. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear or holy awe, built an ark to save his family. And so I've been meditating on that. And, you know, I think you heard me say, what, what did he do every day? Well, pretty much the same thing. We wake up each day saying, okay, what's the job today, God? Make some planks and put them together. Why? Uh, well, I'm going to do something that you haven't seen yet. And you can't understand it because it hasn't yet happened. But it's important. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're about. Some, I believe we're about something that we, we haven't yet seen. There's, 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 there's dimensions of what God is doing now. We're not just trying to, uh, um, you know, the understanding of, of um, restoration and revival. Those sort of things. Those, those words. They're great, but unless they actually cause a renaissance, which is the birth of, of, of new things, then actually we're limiting ourselves. So even what even you can look, study church history, but but even that can only be an inspiration. Not, it's not the, the, the absolute model of what we're going to try and recreate. You with me? So I, I'm so excited about what God's going to do. But, but, but basically God told Noah that, that he was going to create something for something he hadn't yet seen and it was going to save the world effectively. Now that's worth giving your daily life to, isn't it? But what are you going to get up tomorrow and do? Well, get up and be faithful because the word is sacrifice and faithful. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. I think sometimes we neglect it. And, and particularly in a, a culture where there is a high degree of freedom, you have to choose to be faithful. Yeah, it's a choice. Now, you, you know, we, we, you're, we, you choose in, you choose out, you choose to do, you choose not to do. But that's a fact. Your choices impact the people around you hugely. And if we all choose to be faithful to the, the tasks that God's put in front of us, then actually we will get the task done. But if actually we some of us opt out, then it's going to be harder. Just that's the reality. So, so by faith Noah built an ark. And now I don't think he got up every day and think, oh, I've got to do the same thing. I think he got up, wow, I'm in the purposes of God. Because actually every day should be one filled with joy. Not drudgery. Yeah? Because who have you got with you? The Lord Almighty, just been singing about it here. How, how large is your source of joy? Pretty big. Pretty big. Just have to make sure you draw on it. Tip for life. Draw, draw on, on, on the fountain of joy and peace that's inside you rather than, than, than be overwhelmed by the challenges that face you. you know, the challenges are good and they're real. Every one of us faces challenges. But actually, how do you face them? With the joy and the resources that have actually of heaven inside me, Holy Spirit inside me. <coughs> um, so, um, yeah, let's go. Let's go. And, uh, I'm going to flag up what we're building, um, why we're building it, and then we're going to look at how we're going to build it. So, 
what are we building? Well, we're building a great church. And these days, church is, is, is important. There's lots of talk about kingdom, and I believe kingdom is important, and I want to be a blessing to this whole city. I want the city to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. I want it to be the happiest city on earth. I want every garden city to be a place that as it is formed, that actually it becomes filled with the glory of God. Not, not that we have to try and get it filled, but it just naturally is filled. I want the best health statistics here. I don't want any dementia in this city. I want, you know, the, the, these are things that are on my, my heart. But Jesus is actually coming back for a bride. And ultimately, the ultimate benefit for people is actually they know God. And then they're discipled in that knowledge in the context of a loving community, which is the church. And they learn to play their part in that. Um, And I think, broadly speaking, across Christianity, there's a lot of talk about kingdom, which is great. And it's really important that God re-emphasise that. And I said, we turn that around. But out of a kingdom activity, the glorious church has to arise and also has to be built. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by sort of just, you know, Noah had to build an ark. It didn't just have a pile of planks. I said, oh, that's pretty impressive. No, the, the, the pile of planks doesn't hold water. And you need skill and you need <laughs> liberation. Um, I believe this church should be multicultural, multi-generational, multifaceted, multi-gifted. And I wanted to just, oh, this I felt, again, God say to me uh, to emphasize this. Uh, and also just to acknowledge it that this is great isn't it that how multicultural we are becoming but I want to say to you those of you who, who actually don't come from sort of the classic uh, Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian, Southern English background uh, we need your help we do because we, do, we don't understand every culture necessarily we need you to help us because actually you are the ones who actually can help us bridge the gaps into other people's lives and it was fascinating, just being up in Leicester, just hearing testimonies, and they were extraordinary testimonies of Muslims getting saved, particularly Iranians and Iraqis. And they came along, and basically the, the, the testimony is that they came along, they met a God of love, and people who love them, and they went back to their Muslim friends, hey, say, hey, we, we can take you to a place where, they, where there's a God who loves you. They are now actually Skyping and discipling people in Afghanistan and Iraq. <laughs> because they've got people who know the culture and they're actually able to disciple them. Because the job is still to make disciples. But the, under, the ability to do that multiculturally needs a multicultural team. Yeah? So please feel included. Um, so this, this, this whole multiculturalism is a big, big deal. And uh, so and we, we have to work hard and we're going to need to build this. Which is why connect groups are really important. And I will come back to that. Um, we're building a beachhead for freedom. Um, and uh, we're building a, um, a resource centre for the nations. So in two weeks' time, uh, we will start to welcome 23 church, or 24 church, 23, 24 church leadership teams from... Uh, including England, six different nations. Now, we're going to host them. Now, what I want to throw out is an opportunity for you, because we will start on the Monday evening, and I think it's 7 o'clock is the meeting, 7 p.m. on the Monday evening, and we're going to have a worship time, I'm going to preach to them. Um, but I'd like them to get a real good Eastgate welcome. So I want to open up, if you can join with us at 7 o'clock 
on Monday evening, the 23rd of January, to worship. Because what I want to do, there's going to be about, probably over 100, between 150 and 200 church leaders or people on church leadership teams here. Um, I, I'd like us to host them because I'd like us to fire tunnel them at the, be- at the beginning of the event rather than the end of the event because I think, they, why don't they get the fire? It's, meant, it's living fire, so what, we, we don't want to wait till the end for them to get the fire. But do you know what? Because you were hosting the nations, I want to just throw that open. Let's come with it. Because we do actually know how to worship and host the presence of God. So let's give them a dose of us. That's what they're coming to. They're coming to learn from us. It's humbling. It really is humbling. Um, so we are actually, we are... We, in 2004, God, you know, we had a prophetic word that jo- we would receive a Joseph anointing to be a resource center for the nations, and actually now it's happening. God is good. He's faithful. He brings about his word. 2004, he told us that. 2005, he said he places at the east gate to the city. Oh, look, city. 2005, there was no city. He knew in advance. He's smart. That's why it's, that's why it's wise to follow him, because he knows the beginning and the end. That's why you can put your faith in the unseen realm, because he actually knows what's coming about. We trust him. Um, uh, we also, we're building an Armada. Remember that word? And we're a flagship for the Armada. We just had, we've that, but that's actually, that's a lot of different people working together with a battle. And King Jesus is going to send us into battle. Not against humans, but to destroy the works of the evil one. That's exciting. That's a battle. That, that's, 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 there's a lot. Um, and as I've already said, something not yet, yet seen. Why are we building this? For the glory of God. It's number one. That people would see who he truly is. And for his pleasure. Sometimes you think actually just for the glory of God because he's, he's distant worship. No, actually, do you know what? He takes great pleasure and delight. And what he does. We'll come on to that. And um, we're building this to, to actually be effective in making dis- disciples, because Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. We're, seeing, we're building this to see heaven expressed on earth, and I believe we're building this to leave a legacy and inheritance for generations to come, maybe centuries to come. Um, I think this year is the 500th year of the... Um, um, Reformation. God, looking at the root word, the Reformation. Um, with Calvin and, and uh, particularly Calvin in the South of France. But Calvin ha- was, was persecuted during the Reformation in France, and actually he ended up in Switzerland, in, in a city which, do you know which city he ended up in? Geneva. That city was, was, was known for it, its ungodliness at that time, but it actually, the, the, in the historical term, the, the history books would say it became Christianized. The city, Geneva, the city of Geneva became Christianized. It became a place where Christian influence spread across. 500 years later, that small city is still the world center for many of the most important activities that go on on planet Earth. It's the center for the Red Cross, United Nations uh, uh, High Commission for Refugees. It's got all sorts of things there. It's got banking, it's got finance, but actually, it, 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 you know, there's so many things that happen in Geneva, and I think the population is only something like 300,000 people. So that's right. I think 500 years worth of legacy in a city. Amazing. United Nations. 
meet there. Wonder what Eppersleet Garden City will be like in, say, 100 years' time. It's exciting enough to get involved in, isn't it? I think so. This is what I've given my life for. This, see, this is, this is worth sacrificing for, isn't it? This is worth getting up each day for, being faithful for, because Jesus is doing something amazing. And I'm just amazed that we're involved with it. I'm glad. And um, somebody I was chatting to yesterday, a man who I've known for a while, and he's got quite a prophetic gift um, in this nation. And I was just telling him some of the things that are going on. I'm <laughs> just saying, we sort of keep pitching ourselves all that God's doing for us. And he said, I want, and he said to me, Pete, um, this is what you know, God's told me to tell you. It's a fruit of faithfulness. Because you know what? If you're faithful with the little things, he gives you the bigger things. And then he'll give you bigger things. Because actually the, the big thing becomes your little thing because you get used to it. That makes sense. It becomes your normal. So that becomes a little thing. So actually then he wants to give you the bigger thing. His, his cycle is not little thing, big thing, little thing, big thing, little thing, big thing. It's little thing, big thing. That becomes your little thing. And then he's... That makes sense to you? Because I think, you, I think Christians often think they'll cycle through the little, little and the big on this sort of wave and enjoy the big things when they come around, but so, sense around the little. No, no, God, God's kingdom is ever increasing. <clears throat> so Ephesians chapter 1. We got it up there? Not yet. Going to keep Jane busy. How about that? Okay. There we go. I'm going to middle there. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. My word. What I want you to do is, just as you go through this, I'm just going to comment on it. Are you confident in the blessing of God? Has God already blessed you with all the blessings? Yes. Are you using them all yet? Or enjoying them? No, because actually sometimes you have to discover them and find them. It's like you know, when you have a pile of Christmas presents under the tree, you know, the, the, it's not just one to, to unwrap, but it's actually... In the, have you ever had the experience where you suddenly find one a few weeks later? <laughs> no, I've had that. You think, oh, 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 that's tucked away, got lost behind the settee or something. And sometimes you think, oh, I'm not sure I've had that blessing yet. Well, actually, it's there for you to find. He's given us every spiritual blessing. Um, he chose us. In him, before the creation of the world. God's not surprised by you. He didn't choose you after you were born. And they think, oh my goodness. He chose you before the foundation of the world. That is amazing, isn't it? And he chose you (coughs) to be holy and blameless in his sight. Is that not amazing? I think this is beautiful. So how does God look at you? Holy and blameless. He decided that before the foundation of the world. That's why Jesus died, so that you could be holy and blameless. So when God looks at you, what does he see? Somebody who is holy and blameless. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? No, this is quite important. Which, which mirror do you look in? Because many of us look in a distorted mirror. God's opinion is the right one. So when he looks at you, he sees somebody holy and blameless. So when the devil tries to come along and tell you something different, that you're rotten, guilty, hold him up to the mirror of God's opinion. 
That's not arrogance. That, that's truth. And the truth will set you free to live a life. Because if you live in guilt and shame, you will never fulfill the purposes that God has for you. You'll do some of it, but you won't fulfill all he has for you. He'll still bless you, but distorted image gives you distorted focus and distorted vision. He's, he's holy and blameless. That is amazing. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. Ooh. I'm his son. We're his daughters. We're his family, church's family. And that's one thing, actually, it was, it was a little delight last week. We just some, welcomed some visitor amongst us. And let um, me just saying that actually, so, oh, you feel the family here. Well, that, that's good because actually this is a big family and it's a challenge because it's a growing family. <laughs> and that's why the connection, I'm going to keep going. Connection groups, you get the idea? They're important because everybody needs to connect within this family because it's easy to get lost in the crowd. And feel disconnected or, or unconnected. But it's not true. But actually, we will do our best to give you opportunities for connection. But actually, you have to connect. We, we can't take that responsibility for you. You have to choose to connect in and be joined. And there are plenty of people who would like to connect to you. Many, many people love to just to sit down and have a chat with you over a cup of coffee downstairs on a Sunday morning. Why don't you break out of any normal pattern and say, Hey, I'm going to have a cup of coffee with somebody I don't know. Just connect with somebody. It's easy. It's not difficult. And you can lead connect groups. Okay. We think we're doing well with January. We're going to need another lot in April, you see. And another lot in September. This isn't going away. Get used to it. Get used, get used to it, okay? Get used to the idea. It's not going away. We are determined that you will connect. <laughs> How about this? Wow. So he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. Wow. How about this? A bit further down. With all wisdom and understanding. There it is in the middle there. All wisdom and understanding. See, God wants us to un- appreciate his wisdom and understanding. And um, he, through that, he makes known to us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure. You keep getting the idea? He's, he's quite pleased about all this stuff that's going on. And he purposed this in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. There, that's the big mission. Everything gets united in heaven and on earth under Christ. We get to play a part in that. We're a church playing a part. We're not the church but we're part of the global church we need to rejoice what other people get up to as well but actually we're going to play our part okay Um, and a bit further down towards the end of chapter 1 it says when you believed yeah there you go doing well there Jane thank you good job she didn't know which ones I'm jumping to that's why (laughs) when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit Wow. So who have you got? The promised, the promised Holy Spirit. When he promises, his promise. Yeah? The promised Holy who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So I used to think, I was mistaken, that, that actually the Holy Spirit was the deposit of what I was going to get when I went to heaven. 
guaranteeing that. It's, that's not what it says. Actually, it's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until that time. Actually, we get to spend our inheritance now. So we have the resources of heaven now to make heaven on earth possible now. And that's possible because we've got the Holy Spirit who has been promised to us. And when God promises something, he's good on his promises. Okay, into chapter 2. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Where are you seated? Heavenly realms. And in Eastgate. True, isn't it? Actually, but how, how, how does this work? So, I, this is, the, this is the, the, our human reality, which is our reality. This is where we are, this is what we have to influence. How is it that you can be seated in heavenly realms at the same time as you're seated here, literally on a seat in Eastgate? It's because you already have eternal life, and eternity is not time. Okay? Now, it's quite an important concept. Etern- I, I, used to, I used to place eternity in the future. Does that make sense to you? So I thought eternal life was a, a future reality that I'd look forward to. Actually, I've re- come to realize that that's not true. Because eternity isn't a factor of time. Otherwise, it would be limited. Yes? So... <laughs> The spiritual reality is you are actually seated with him because that's an eternal reality which has no time limit to it. He chose you before the foundation of the world, remember? Before you, so, so, so he operates, that's his dimension, he operates in eternal. He came into time, he limited himself in time, but his, his reality is eternity which has no time limits to it. That's why he could say to the, to the, to the, to the um, thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. But Jesus didn't rise on that day. He rose after three days. So if you put human logic to that, say that's not true. How was he with him today in paradise? Because Jesus already exists in eternity, and that man was going to exist in eternity immediately. Got it? Does that make sense to you? That's why, seriously, this is your present reality, that you're seated with him in heavenly places. That's your spiritual reality. That's why you can pull on the resources of heaven, because that's where you're seated. That's why you can see the realities of heaven, because that's where your eyes are. If all we can see are the human realities of this dimension, then we won't have the faith to pull on the dimension that is available to us. Yeah? We're seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He is kind to us. Verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Let me see. Is there? We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Great things. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. <laughs> See, God has stuff prepared for you, and his, his plans are more than you'd ask or imagine. And I think this is really important, because, you see, God is so good that he won't allow your life to be limited to your imagination. Because that would be a limit that he doesn't place. <laughs> 
So no matter how big you imagine, he's going to go bigger. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Really? Yeah. My determination, as far as with my life, is to make sure that I get my way through all that stuff he's got to prepare for me. Kim and I have this discussion. Basically, what I'd like to do, I'd like to run my race, know I've done it all, and then, woof, off we go. But we decided it's best if we do it together. <laughs> Say goodbye and welcome. Have fun in the next generation. We'll see you when you get there. <laughs> well, seriously, this is what I want. This is what I want my life to be. I, I don't want to think, oh, I'm fading. And when we moved house this year, some people said, did you downsize? It didn't even occur to us to downsize. <laughs> why? I, why, would, why would I do that? I don't downsize my life. I'm just ever-increasing my life. <clears throat> I believe death can be victorious. Oh, death, where is your sting? I don't think we should fear it. And I prefer to take the fear out of the process as well. I love the testimony we had that last year of that, that 90-odd-year-old lady who had that victorious death. Remember, she kept on getting healed. Yeah. Kept on getting healed, kept on getting healed. And then she went to the hospital and she said, I'm not coming out. And they said, oh, no, you can get healed. And they said, I'm not coming out. I'm ready to go home. She had cataracts, had a Skype call with her grandson, preparation for heading on home, and the family then suddenly realised she could see, because God healed her cataracts at that moment, even though she, was, she died, I think, two days later. He said, well, what was the point of that? So she could see her grandson on Skype. And I was like, that's a glorious death. I love that testimony. Brilliant. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That is a church. The church is a place where God lives by his spirit, where he's at home, where he arranges the furniture, where he's comfortable, where he puts his feet up, and we get to enjoy him by his spirit. But how does that come about? It gets built. You get joined together. You get any idea? Joined together. What's that mean? Connected. What's your job this week? Get on the website <laughs> and get in. Now, I'm going to fl- flag mine. I need about 100 people for missions to serve these 23 churches. There are plenty of places left. You want to serve nations, serve churches? Come and get connected, get trained. We'll do it. I know I've got the microphone, so I've got... But there's plenty of other great opportunities. <laughs> Kim's leading a great one. I thought I'd better get it. <laughs> That's for harmony's sake, so Kim's, Kim's got a fantastic one. 
Fantastic one on enjoying your Bible. Seriously good. Seriously good. And uh, if you want to understand how to get the most out of your iPad, which I really do, could do with, but I'm not going to, afraid I can't be there. Chris's sweet was going to be leaning. Do you know, it's, it's brilliant. All the stuff that's going on. But I, I keep wanting to say, this is, this is important. It says, and I'm not going to get to this, um, in Ephesians uh, 4. Go to Ephesians 4, 16. It says this. From him, that's from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's a church. That's a church of what? Now, what will that look like? Because at the moment in the church community, we reckon there's somewhere probably between 700 and 750 of us in the church community, including all our all age ranges. From all up. That's a big church. So actually, and like I say, it's easy, easy to feel like lost in the crowd, not connected. Well, this, this is really important. But what will it look like when we're 1,500, 2,000, which is what we're planning for? In five years' time, we need to plan for it because if we want to be those who are, have got all the resources that we, to do all the thing that God's calling us to, we actually need to keep on growing. And a healthy thing will grow. Um, so there are, there are words there. Joined, held together, supported, growing, building itself up in love. Let's put one word on that. Connection. <laughs> You're getting the idea, aren't you? This is... A, but as each part does it, what, just think, think even for April, hey, I could do something. I could, I could have a coffee group. Dave Webster, where is he? Take a Costa coffee group, you know. <laughs> Why? Actually, there's something, I could take people, I, we can go for a walk together. I like doing that. Uh, you can go swimming together. Have a running group. That's things that, 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 or you can actually, hey, I could do a Bible study. I'd love to do a Bible study. I'd like to share my skills in, in, on an iPad or... Let's do, let's have work, music jams. Or, you understand, there's all sorts of things you can do, but actually, it's the creativity. I'd love some multicultural stuff to help me understand more about you that, from a different culture. Honestly, I would. I'd like to enjoy your food. I like different food. <laughs> food group, food groups, you'll get me, okay? If you're, it's good, good. And multicultural chocolate experience would be... I, 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 like, I like a multicultural chocolate experience, I really would. So let me, let me just, uh, I want to throw out some things here of headlines and then in two weeks time I'm going to come back to look at probably Ephesians chapter 4 and, and Luke 16. Because one of the things I want, and I'm just going to throw this out, is we need to be faithful. It says this, um, and I'll, I'll come back to this in two weeks time, but it says, um, who will entrust you with true witches if you're not faithful with worldly wealth? And I'm not frightened to talk about money. I want to let you know that. And I'll talk more about this in two weeks' time. Because um, Jesus talked a lot about it. Actually, the way we use our worldly wealth, actually, he looks at It's one of those faithful... It's the little, he talks about it as the little thing that opens up the big things. And so we're going to look at this. But we need to be faithful in our giving. Ties to this church and offerings that will go beyond... And so I'm going to teach you that. And I'd just like you to, 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 to think about that. And even at a young age, start to think about, actually, how do I develop a generous lifestyle? One that's got regular giving in it, but actually is generous beyond measure. Because the Bible says this, that if you're generous, God will give you enough to be generous with. But he also says that actually if you withhold, he'll put a hole in your pocket. 
to try and teach you a lesson. Why? Not because he wants to make you poor, because he wants to release true riches to you. And he's capable of a discipline process because he wants the best for you. So let's not avoid, we're not going to avoid this subject. Because why? Because it's actually really, really important if we want to see God do all that he's got in front of us. So, um, and I want to tell you, giving is an act of devotion, not duty. You sacrifice what you love. Salvation. We want to see lots of people saved. We want to see more buildings. We'll see annexes on Eastgate. We want to see a building over there. We want to see other, other buildings available to us throughout Ebb Street Garden City. Okay. Um, I want to see heaven in healthcare. I'll tell you more about that. That's going to launch something. Going to, we're going to build a, a nationwide network of healthcare prof- Christian healthcare professionals to bring heaven to the NHS. How about that? And healthcare generally. If you want to help me with that, you're very welcome. We've got Living Fire going on. We've got Heaven in Business coming up. We've got Education. We've got Hope School. We're looking at creating a university. That excites you? Then chat to David Webster. There's one or two people already starting to to form a group about that. Um, The Garden City, Gravesend, surrounding areas. The opportunities we have across the whole area, it's amazing. How about our music and our worship and and broadening that out? We've got... Well, that was gone, because... I don't know if somebody set that up, but or maybe anybody see angels in the That's what I think that was. That might have been gold just playing a little trick on me. Or I could claim that I got to play in worship at Eastgate. That's kind of, you think, that's a moment, isn't it? And then we're laughing, we think, what was that about? Yeah, the angels like worship. They like music as well. Started in heaven, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't crazy down here. So, those are ideas. And then, just before you go and get your kids, literally, give me 30 seconds... I want three actions for you this week. I'd like you to, to review your attitude towards giving. I'd like you to reach out with an act of kindness towards somebody in Eastgate. That might just be a, a nice text or a cup, a cup of coffee. I'd also like you to reach out with an act of kindness towards somebody who's not in Eastgate. And I'm going to talk more about that in two weeks' time. And then lastly, what are you going to do? You're going to go on my Eastgate and you're going to sign up for a connect group. <laughs> That I'd really like you. There's three things there, okay? So, well, let's pray. And uh, let's enjoy what God's doing amongst us. <clears throat> Father, thank you that you are a God of abundance. You do more than we would ever ask or imagine. And we thank you that we live in such days as this. And Father, we say we want to play our part. And we want to fulfill the purposes that you have for us individually and corporately. Thank you for what you're doing in Eastgate. Thank you for what you intend to do amongst us. And I'm going to say it for me. I can't say it for you. Only you can say it for you. I'm going to say it for me. Father, I commit myself to your purposes in this generation and for future generations. In this area, in this church, in this city, and for the nations. Amen.